regrets that I had were the shots that I did not take. I don't regret killing those evil men. I don't regret, regret it at all. The guy that I shot was doing ballistic tests on KBR contractors, truck drivers, on the side of the road, staking them down, put them on the stake and stabbing them, shooting them in different parts of the body. And just like, instead of going like a gel mold, right? You don't have their body, like legs, arms, necks. When I saw that, I really got a crystal clear definition of what evil is. Yeah. I was like, how could you do that to another human being? Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's both an honor and pleasure to welcome back my next guest to the podcast. We spent 20 years total on active duty. That's four as a Marine. We don't hold that against him. And 16 as a U.S. Navy SEAL. He's the author and architect of Unafraid, which I would say at this point is kind of its own brand, right? It's not just a book. It seems to be developing that way, yes. It is a book, which we're going to get into uh, at length today, but uh, he's got a lot of uh, things Unafraid affiliated that we'll get into as well. He's the co-host of the Penny's podcast with his lovely wife, Amanda. He cracks walnuts with his fingers and watermelons with his thighs. Wait, what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Eddie Penny. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks again. For, yeah, thanks for coming back, man. It's been it's been a while. It's been a long while. Yeah, I've been uh, at, at a different studio in between the last one and, and this one, so it's nice to have you have you back. And uh, what uh, what have you been up to since the last time? Writing a book. That's obviously one. And then um, it was I was listening on the way here. I was listening to our old our, our old podcast episode twenty three. I was like, man, a lot has changed. Yeah. So. Uh, Workout routines changed quite a bit. Still doing contingent groups, still doing the risk mitigation stuff, um, and then building the Unafraid brand. I don't think Unafraid, I think it was like a t-shirt at the time. Right? Yeah. I don't think it was really anything that we would talk about. Yeah. So, but the book, I mean, there were some bare bones of it, yeah. but it really got its momentum from our podcast. Really? It, yeah, if you, if we, but if we post up, uh, pop over the book, yeah. it's in the acknowledgement how it kind of like, Leveled out, so yeah, yeah. kind of really got to we'll, we'll take that moment and move the mic. All right, so uh, there there is a lock picking kit. There is a lock picking kit, but in the interest of not having an audience sit here for twenty minutes while I finger <laughs> use the lock. Now, this is a really cool box, by the way. It, uh, it says it's got the unapproved logo on one side, and then uh, kind of the description. 311 pages, uh, length, full truth, soft cover, petty, any, not afraid. So it's uh, very military vernacular-esque. Very ammunition can. Yeah. Well, so uh, we've got the book, which uh, he was kind enough to uh, to write to me, which is good. And, I, and I've gone through it. I've got some questions. Uh, There's some love letters throughout that book yeah. for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the good thing. And we got a uh, field book, which is pretty cool. Good, uh, good note-taking. And, uh, man, that's badass. It's a leather, leather so case. That'll be your notes for that field book right there. Yeah. Your little it's really uh, like high quality. Yeah. So that's from Eagles, Eagles and Angels. I know oh, from sure. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's what I'm trying to Yeah, he oh, made sure. them uh, specifically for this. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, he so does a great cool. job. Tom's awesome. 
I, uh, in fact, I'm wearing my Eagles and Angels. There you go. I don't know if that's like Metallica wearing a Metallica shirt to it to their own. I think you're, I think it's okay. I think but, it's okay. I mean, I figured like they sent me two of them, and uh, I thought it was pretty fucking cool. So uh, that's badass. Got the uh, unafraid. <coughs> we'll throw that up in the uh, in the coin holder. And uh, this has got to be a fuck you up pin. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but it does <laughs> look like a uh, transformer appendage. Yeah. So a little bit of Yeah, you can tell by gravity. It's uh, it could fucking hammer somebody. And some stuffing. Yep. Which, uh, use stuffing support some stuff, uh, fire starter material. You throw it in your uh, pillowcase. Yeah. Well. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's cool as hell. Now, man, we're going to give you, Keith and I have to give you uh, a lot of credit because that's, we got a lot of messages and like, hey, you guys should really put this on paper. And that's where the conversation between Keith and I started was after you listened to this podcast. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I still get messages. I mean, to this day, like if I, uh, when I go through the, the YouTube, uh, like on the, on the studio um, platform or whatever, where it has messages from everything, like I still get messages routinely. From our episode, people you know loving it and, and having a, just a ton of support. For it, it was a good episode. I was yeah. dude. It's it's a riot. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. No, I mean you know to me the the, the challenge you always kind of run into with I'll say you guys uh, from you know being in tier one units is there's always a kind of a dicey fine line and, and road to walk as far as you know get, getting your story told and, and and some of the you know guys who were, were injured or uh, didn't make it home like to me I think there's a, a high level of importance for their legacy for their families for closure for the American people to know what kind of guys they were that, that, that sacrificed right. their lives yeah, and so that. on the same token like I'm not naive to the fact that you know there's some sensitive things mm-hmm. and, and you have to be careful and mindful of the guys that are still doing the job and the last thing I would ever want to do is potentially compromise anything that they have going on and so you know, we, we do our best, I think, as a community and, and as podcast hosts and former, uh, you know, guys that did that, former action guys, uh, you know, to to get the stories out without being, uh, you know, overboard or, or putting anybody's lives in risk. And sometimes that's difficult to do. But my point in bringing that up is that I think you did a really, really good job. Uh, and, and again, the, the comments that I still get of, you know, getting some pretty gritty details without giving specifics or tactics away I think is really important for the uh, the listener out there to, to really understand what it's like right. going through that and what these guys have, have done and, and the guys that we've lost and, and all that so uh, yeah I mean I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing that story. What are the two key components for canine success? That's effective training and proper nutrition. Fueled by Team Dog brings those two components to your family and best friend. The perfect nutritional balance that results in a higher mental acuity, energy, overall vitality, and even an improved appearance. Every product you will find in my company's store was born from the battlefield and not from the boardroom. Let my life's work help you become your dog's hero. Uh, one, one thing you talked about your uh, before we get into into the book and, and uh, kind of dovetailing on where it stems from uh, podcast wise, you mentioned your workout routine has changed quite a bit. I, you know, following on social media, I noticed uh, you've gotten seems like you've gotten more into the combatives. Uh, I have yeah. a lot more, yeah. as have I. I think uh, you know it's it's interesting. I wish I had done it a lot sooner. You know, it's like. I focused on Same. shit that, you know, it's just <laughs> dumb, uh, it's just, you know, like bodybuilding or weightlifting, you know, shit that's 
very non-functional and and uh, you know things that didn't matter. I really wish that I had done striking and grappling years ago. But uh, tell me about that path and kind of how that's been going. Yeah, I think the the last time we talked, I believe you were just getting over a torn tricep. Mm-hmm. Or you, I think it was from, from grappling. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I remember you mentioned it took forever to do that. I remember thinking that because you asked the question like, "Hey, do you do any like jujitsu?" Or and I'm like, "No, I don't." And I'm like, "You know, I really need to." Yeah. So it started shortly after that. I, I started with boxing. I was like, "I need to just go hit some things." So did some boxing, and then like, "All right, let's." Um, I want to move into more of the Muay Thai. Like, let's get these knees and elbows and all that stuff engaged. So started with Muay Thai, and then my coach after about six months said, "Hey, man, probably probably going to do some grappling." Like. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So I started going jujitsu. So now it's probably some weeks when I'm like really feeling it. I, I listen to my, my body, which is, is very hard, which I'm, I know you know. Yeah. It's like, I got this, but no, dude. You, Not you, anymore. You need to take a break. <laughs> I don't got this. Yeah. So sometimes I'm, I'm working, I'm, you know, going to battles five to six times a week. Sometimes it's maybe two. Yeah. But I try to break it up to a couple times uh, grappling and then a couple times striking. And now I just started implementing because my mobility I'm noticing needs to get better. So I'm now going to take away probably one or two sessions a week and kind of concentrate my, my mobility training with a, with a trainer yeah. and just kind of do the mobility like with the turf field and they do all the, the weird stuff and man, they smoke you. I've been to one so far, but that's the newest thing. I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to fix this and then come back and, and do that. So but it's, it's been good, man. Still lifting weights, yeah. but just not as, not as heavy. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, for me, same same thing. Like, I just try to be a little more balanced with it where it's not so one-dimensional in any one direction. I, I don't do a ton of striking. I do a little bit, but most of it is, is grappling. But I will say it's it's geared uh, solely towards realistic right. stuff. Right. Like, that's, I, you know, that's I, I have no key. desire to compete. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit about belts or promotions or, you know, again, competitions or any of that stuff. And, and with all of it, it's always kind of with the backdrop of – if this was a real street fight, you know, so we, we work a lot of wrestling and takedowns and, and also work, you know, working in some strikes during, you know, certain transition movements or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, at, at times we'll, we'll wear even like MMA gloves and mm-hmm. focus on things because to me, that, that's an important component in, in both ways. Like when you're defending, you need to, you need to at least be cognizant of the fact that this guy's probably going to be trying to strike you at, at certain positions and also, you know, when you're when you're on the offense, knowing where you can take advantage of absolutely kind of things yeah. too, because yeah. I think if all you do is jujitsu and you're starting, you know, from the ground and you're never doing takedowns, you're never doing striking. Like that's a very incomplete system, in, in my opinion. You know, like while yes, most fights end up going to the ground, or you're better off if you can get it to the ground. You've got to get it there, you know. And, and if you get knocked the fuck out, you know, in, in the process right. and or get taken down to, to the point where, you, you know, you break your fucking pelvis on the concrete because you're that mm-hmm. fish out of the water on, on defending being taken down, then it doesn't matter how good you there, are. There's so much that goes into it to be that well-rounded. Yeah. That we're, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. It is yeah. a freaking lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, you know, takedowns, wrestling, striking, you know, ground striking, that, that's all. Shooting every every place. I mean, we can just start throwing a ball in yeah, there. Yeah, fucking driving for that. Right, exactly. I'll, yeah. I'll run a motherfucker over before I get out of the car, right. you know. But, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I think half of it is a mentality, too, is, is just always thinking that, mm-hmm. in that mindset. Yep. You know, uh, yep. Of if this was to happen, what would I do? Whether it's, and I think that way, like, if I'm in an elevator versus a bathroom versus you know, stadium versus mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like it's busy, it's not busy, it's inside, it's outside, right. you know, there's a lot of factors that are going to dictate 
kind of what my my angle or, or um, you know ammo is as far as how people don't think that way. They're like, okay, like we just you just said a stadium, like tons of people. Yeah, how do we get trampled? That would be like something I would think about. Where yeah. I'm at a restaurant, probably not going to happen. Yeah, but hey, like where's the door? All that stuff. People just yeah. don't think they just kind of blindly walk. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I mean, I mean, think about like a, a packed football stadium. Like in, in the in the stadium seating where there's people all around you, like right. that's a very different scenario. How you're going to try to handle oh, somebody yeah. than you know in, in a in a wide open stall bathroom with nobody in it, you know, or Absolutely. outside in the parking lot. You know, I mean, there, yeah, there's just there's so many variables, and I think just by keep bringing up these bathroom stalls, is there something we should be talking about here? Uh, well, it's supposed to be our secret, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll take a break here. Uh, we'll, we'll go explore the bathroom here. That's see. hilarious. Uh, you recently got your blue belt, uh, fairly recent, right? For yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what, what was that like as far as, uh, kind of a, from an accomplishment feeling? I mean, it, it was cool. Like I was, you know, I kind of had the same thing when I started, like, Hey, self-defense, like that's all I really care. I mean, and I still believe that way. Cause that's what it really matters. It's like, Hey, what can I teach my kids? What can I teach my wife? How can we train each other? Uh, but then, you, you know, you start getting little stripes on your belt and, you know, don't gi, no gi. And, um, it was cool. I mean, it was cool. It's like it just kind of gives you something to work towards because it's not just like a handout. At least where I go, it's like it's not a handout. Like I think it took it's almost not, two years. Yeah, it's not. Oh, you've been here for three months. Yeah, it's not that. Like if you're not showing up, you're not getting promoted. Like that's just the way it is. Like, I've, I haven't been probably three weeks with all the craziness with the books been going on, yeah. and I need to go back because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to give my hand to me because I'm not like you know in it. Yeah. But uh, but no, like they they do it well. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. It gives you something to look forward to. Um, and then it's kind of nice, like knowing, like okay, a purple belt or a brown belt, like I'm going to you to give me some wisdom and jack me up. Okay, what, what did you just do? Yeah. So I mean, but in the in, in, end of the day, man, self defense, hundred percent. And there is a difference between competitive jujitsu yeah. and like protecting yourself yeah. using jujitsu moves for sure. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, they're both cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I mean, it's uh, it's fun. It's a unnecessary activity for me to, to maintain. Do the dopamine drop is yeah, it's crazy. Sick. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, you know, there's times where it's like on the way home, like I don't even have the fucking radio on. You know, it's like the windows, like I don't even know what fucking state I'm in. <laughs> like, That's I a good place to be. Yeah, I mean, like, I, and I can assure you, like, when, when you're in that physical state, like, you're not going home and getting in an argument with fucking anybody. You know, like, you're not going right. to too hard on him. Like, you're going home and just trying to fucking survive. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. And I think for uh, for double A personality type guys, uh, I also think it's necessary to be to be humbled and to be taught and coached regularly. Absolutely. Uh, I would like to take a real quick break and talk to you about uh, my bookie. I want you to uh, go to mybookie.com and use my promo code Mike Drop, uh, which you'll instantly get a deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars. Remember to use my code Mike Drop and bet with me only at my bookie. Primarily, the only way watching these fights could get any better is to get paid doing it, and MyBookie makes that a possibility. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. I think a lot of people don't do jujitsu, and I was guilty at the beginning of this. Is you, you're afraid to be humble. You're afraid to get taken out by that that kid. Yeah, fucking nineteen year old. And, and I'm like, how else do we learn? Yeah. Like, how else do we learn? Like, and like now it's like, dude, like tear me up. Like, and what did you just do? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I think, uh, like, from a, from a mindset standpoint, too, like, your your brain, as you get older, you learn less if, if you don't make a point to do it. 
That is a proven fact. Yeah, and by the time you're 35, like you know, there's enough studies that says you know, brainwave-wise, you're pretty set in your ways, and you have a lot of habits built that, unless you make a really concerted effort to change them, Mm -hmm. that they'll be that way for the rest of your life. Even thought patterns and stuff. And I think by by seeking out things where you're you're shitty at them, or just something that you know nothing about, and learning something, and being coached and taught by somebody, and having to think. Is really really beneficial. For oh, a lot yeah, it's firing off those neurons in that brain. I just saw uh, Terry, who you've had on here, he just started yeah. jujitsu. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. so good. No, it's awesome. So, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, whether it's that or, you know, I mean, I, I do a lot of uh, motorcycle riding similarly, like uh, more on, I mean, I, I don't track them, but that style of riding, you know, mm-hmm. it's very technical and, and being uh, coached and taught by, by different guys in the area. And, and, you know, similarly, like I didn't grow up doing that, so, you know, total fish out of water. and Right. And learning that from, you know, people from, uh, you know, that are quite a bit younger than I am that are just massively fucking better. Uh, yeah. You know, but it, it's, it's a refreshing thing or, you know, whether it's that or learning to be a fucking pilot. I mean, whatever. It's just anything. You know, like, there's just constant. Like, you should be growing constantly. Yeah. yeah. No matter what it goes. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and that's the society. Oh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. So yeah. you stay in your little box yeah. and you don't grow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice life. Uh, yeah, and I think, especially, I know I've run into this too before, where it's like there, there's kind of an expectation put on uh, guys, I think, from our lines of work to just be good at everything. You know, it's like, it's, it, well, it doesn't work and it's not true. You know, it's like you show up and it's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's right. Like, don't you guys learn this? Like, no. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I had a client say, we're, we're like, we're going to get a sale done. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, you can help me sell. I was like, I don't know how to sell. <laughs> and he's like, when you're the Navy, I'm like, we don't use sailboats, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and even then, it's like even the boats I've been on, like I wasn't doing it. No, I was I was a passenger. That, that was it. So, yeah. yeah. No, I get it, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's expectations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So with the Unafraid book, um, so it kind of stemmed after being on the first time. Uh, kind of walk us through the process of how, how it uh, came to fruition ultimately. So in 2014, I started... The actual started like the guts of that. Uh, just kind of outlined, got up at two in the morning, and the thought came across my mind. I read a book, I was like, hey, that's, that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And just couldn't go back to sleep. So I went to the office, got a pad of paper and a pen, and just started writing out pretty much the chapters of what it would be. And I just, in 2014, started vomiting on paper, got about 150 pages, and just said it, it was facade at the time. That was the, the title I had. And it just stayed on the shelf until it got put out maybe a couple times just to like the journaling thing kind of helped me a little bit. Uh, but after our podcast, started getting like, hey, this needs to be a book. This you need to talk about this. Like, thanks for being so open. I'm like, are, are we not open with each other? Is that is that what's going on here? Like the transparency seemed to be a big theme, which I appreciated it because I mean we talked about some deep stuff on there, which which is great. Um, so I reached out to Keith Wood. And he, I was like, hey, man, did a podcast. Why don't you listen to it? He's like, no problem. So he listened to it that day. And he called me. And I was like, so what do you think? He's like, dude, it's like super good. And I knew he wrote. Uh, so he, I mean, he's been a writer for New York Times bestseller. And that was a, 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 a film. But he, uh, I was like, hey, dude, do you want to uh, write a book? And he goes, Eddie, I thought you would never ask. And it was like off the races. So he came down. For about three days, and we just kind of like he had. I sent him what I did have. The hundred, I gave it to him. I was like, "Don't rip on me, bro." <laughs> I write as a fifth grader here, but I was in the Marines with the crayons, yeah. 
And um, he's like, dude, it's good. He's like, obviously, there's some grammar stuff in the fix and like change things around. But he's like, let's do it. So we came down, down, down to Dallas and we did uh, three days of just interviews on the specific chapters of like the sections of life. And then he went back, put them in chapters. He would send them, and we just did the back and forth editing. I think he came back and did it again. Uh, and that's just how we got. And it was originally going to be within war. Like, talk about the war within and like being, you know, overseas on the battlefield and just turn it unafraid, which was actually his idea. Oh, sure. Yep. Uh, was there a, a part of the book for you that was the most difficult to get through? Man, you just asked that question, I just got chills. I'd say 80% of this book, with every edit, every time we would talk about it, I was in tears. Really? I'd say probably 80% of it. I don't know. I just, it was, I remember Tom, Amanda, my wife, she'd come into the office and I'm like just reading over something that I've read like three or four times and I'm, I'm like on the ground bawling. Uh, it was hard. The first chapter done in there was the Louis chapter. I can't remember exactly which chapter it was. So we did the, um, the military terms for the uh, chapters. But uh, that was the first one that we completed. It was his chapter because it was so fresh in my mind. And the way we did like the end of the chapters was we would have to read, the, we both would read the chapters. Yeah. And then within 15 minutes, we would have to do to get on and do that hot wash, that debrief at the end. Yeah. Like if we miss that 15 minute window, it's like, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. Like it, because the emotions were kicked off. And, like we have to, I want feelings in this and that's just how we did it. Yeah. So, but it, that was probably the hardest one. And then finding Christ was probably the second hardest yeah. and the whole kids getting the kids and just going back to all the mess ups I've, I've had. Yeah. So are, are there any, uh, that's uh, from a mess up standpoint that, that stand out as, uh, you know, for you being the most impactful. I mean, I know they, they all are, and they all have their own lessons that you learn and, uh, things that you take away from them. But, um, you know, to me, I, I always like to kind of ask, is there a pinnacle in, in kind of everything you're talking about is, is there something that stands out as being the most profound or, uh, impactful from a, a lesson learned standpoint? I guess throughout the book, I guess the one common thing, and that's what's coming to my brain right now, is no matter what you're getting thrown, like you're going to be in a storm, something's not going to go right, there's another obstacle and then another one. It's just like you got to keep charging forward. Like you just got to keep going. And I think in saying that, a lot of people might be thinking about their own personal situation, which we all have got some crazy stuff going on, but they, they, they it's great to get that bird's eye view of seeing the whole picture but I think that consumes people a lot of the time. Like, oh my God, I got to do this and this and this. And then there's this. And now this just happened. Like, man, you are responsible for that first step. Yeah. I try to say this all the time. It's like, you're not responsible for something that happens in six months. Yeah. Like you can have it on the horizon. Like, okay, that's a goal or that's something I need to think about. But dude, your, your next step might be going to the bathroom so you can concentrate. Like that, that's it. And then, okay, what's next? Yeah. Okay, what's next? And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and that stops them from doing what they were doing. Like with the kids, uh, when I had the kids, man, like I, dude, I was a lost little puppy and I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, what's the next meal? I know I have to feed these guys. Okay. So we're going to get spaghetti. Cause I was like the number one thing. And okay. What's after that? All right. Baths. Yeah. Right. So it just, that's it. And then finally you get in the routine and you're starting to figure it out. But uh, yeah, just thinking that it's just like, focus on that next step. To me, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the one of the most prolific lessons that we learn at, at Buds, which is you know one evolution at a time. Exactly. You know, it's one one step, you know, one foot in front of the next. Hundred percent. Worrying about even yep. later today, let alone tomorrow. Right. 
um, the kids thing I, I find interesting, you know, having, having been through, um, being a dad for a while now, uh, and, and remembering the times, you know, I, I had help, uh, too, you know, when they were, um, I mean, for that matter, I was the one helping Not I wouldn't say I had help, but, you know, I was the one right, right, right. More on, on their mom, but, um, you know, it, it makes me think of, of, you know, at that kind of south of five years old age, um, you know, all of the different things that you have to do to them or do with, uh, for them, with them, et cetera. Um, it reminds me of that uh, movie, Mr. Mom. Did you have any uh, Mr. Mom moments where you're like using a fucking iron to grill grilled cheese? Oh, dude, one it's so many. I remember the things that pop up. And first of all, I remember telling myself, like, are you driving yet? Like, let's can you, like, go get some bread from the store. Yeah. Uh, you wipe your own ass. Yeah, right. Like, when, when is this going to be over? Like, come on, dude. Get a job. I'm six. <laughs> uh, I guess. Full time job, though. Right? I guess the biggest thing was like the hair thing, like for the girls, like doing the girl stuff, like going to the store to get, you know, when they start their cycle and like figuring that out, like researching what does what. Do I do tampons, pads, extra, super, regular? Like it's like, oh my gosh, like this is a whole different world. And then like figuring out their hair and just like, and then like talk about feelings. Yeah. Like, Dude, we didn't learn that, buds. There was not a fourth phase on feelings. I don't remember. Do you? I, I, I didn't if it was, I was asleep. I was definitely, yeah. I, I was like, so that, that probably was the hardest thing. It's like, hey, just get it done. Like, let's go. And then after I, however much time, it's like, okay, wait a second. Like, I'm not connecting. Like, things aren't. It's becoming very military-like, and I don't want that. Like, I know that's because I was reading books and pretty much on everything wrong. Like we would get stuff done, like things got done, but it wasn't, I wasn't connecting on that emotional side. And that was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. And I still struggle with that right now. My wife, my kids, like I still, but I mean, it's obviously gotten better the further I pull away from the combat stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, I just, that was a, that was a moron on it. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's a hell of an undertaking. I mean, Especially the circumstances with which you you got them and how yeah, kind of quickly it happened. Uh, yeah, when you're leaving the dream job, yeah. it took you forever to get and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and then all of a sudden it seems like it's just getting ripped away. Yeah. And you feel, which is wrong to say this, but it feels like your identity is gone. Sure, because I was I identified as a Navy SEAL, and yeah. it's like that is the truth. Uh, but that didn't change who I was. Yeah. And when I thought my story was over, my story really just begun. And just once I realized that, which took years, it wasn't an overnight thing. I was like, huh, this little turd saved my life. They freaking, <laughs> they taught me so much, man. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it's cool. Like it's, yeah. I freaking think, nuts. And uh, did going through the book writing process change your uh, dynamic from a relationship standpoint with your kids and family just from before you wrote it and really worked hard on it versus now like reflecting on a lot of stuff to get Yes, um, a lot of flaws became visible, uh, and a lot of great things too. I don't want to like just focus on the negative, but a lot of things like I messed up. I was as I'm writing it down, or as I'm reading it, or listening to it, I'm like, man, like God, Eddie, like come on, man. But not seeing it at the time, like just blind, oblivious to it. Like I just did, I think it was like two weeks ago, I just did the audio recording that's going to be released in the fall. And I'm, and I'm there in the, stu- in the studio bawling. Like just, again, I'm like, and, I'm, and I told I told them, I'm like, hey, we, we're keeping this. Like we're going to get this as real as possible. Like this just, this, 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 it's home. We'll let it go. 
But you just like in your mind is going back to those situations like I should have handled this differently. I should have handled this differently. And then you know better. And then the, the situation comes around again and you still should have handled it better. And uh, it, it's just a process. It is a, it is a tough process to go through. I learned a lot about myself, about humans, uh, resilience, and just how amazing like kids are. Like they're they're not idiots. Like I, I remember always said to me, like you're just a kid. You're just a kid. You're just a kid, dude. They're they're freaking smart. Oh, I know. Like they know if you don't like them, they know what you're feeling. They can tell if you're sad, you're happy. Well, and they'll they'll call you on your shit. Heck yeah, they will. Adults will. You know, yep. it's like there's that almost lack of filter that they have that, that is actually valuable mm-hmm. you know and it's like they, they don't quite get the the nuance of uh you know like the the manner based kind of bullshitting somebody so you don't hurt their feelings right like they don't give a shit about it no at all you know? talk about being humble yeah i mean like they, they will call you on your shit immediately yep. You know? yep i was i remember being called a lot by my daughters like you never give us a chance to talk like because i was thinking that i knew the answers because i'm the adult right and I was completely wrong. Yeah. And it took a while to like, okay, we need to like, and I, now it's like, okay, what's going on? What do you, what do you, what do you got? Yeah. Did, did you see a shift in how you interact with your kids just from going through the book? Like, did it, did it make you, I mean, going through those lessons, did, did you now like just six months later transform quite a bit yourself personally with how you interact with them? Putting those words on paper and really de- like, well, developing the book with Keith. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. Like, I, I think probably many times in that book, I would call my daughters like, like Sonte, I love you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Well, like, yeah, fuck, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I understand now. And it, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting choked up right now. But, like, yeah, it's, um, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, there's, there's power in putting that on paper. For sure. I mean, I think there's a, a cathartic nature to, uh, to going through all of those things, especially, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, to meditate and reflect or, you know, spend, you know, an hour somewhere quiet and think about it or whatever. It's, it's very different to structure it, put it all down and, and try to recount and have somebody interview you about it and, yep. and try to remember all those things. And, and it sifts up a lot of things that I think either, either forgot naturally or tried to suppress or, or whatever. And I think it's really good and healthy and important and vital to, to be able to process a lot of those things by, by going through something like that. And, and I know it had to happen to you because I just read your book and you talked about your daughters yeah. and certain things. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, I get it, dude. Like, I, yeah. especially on that topic, I'm like, I'm with you. I can yeah. feel it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and I think it's something that you should do regularly, you know, yeah. not, yeah. not write a book every other year, but necessarily. How nice would that be? <laughs> Where do you find the time? Yeah. But, uh, you know, but. <laughs> Well, if there's a group of people that would do it, it would be us, right? So right more yeah, don't tell us we can't. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I found a lot of similarities in, in that, uh, you know, process as well and, and still do. I want to take a second to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is a staunch supporter of this podcast, which is Bub's Naturals. Uh, the hat sitting in front of me uh, here on our coffee table here in the studio belonged to Glenn Doherty. His nickname was Bub. Uh, I did two platoons with him, and his childhood best friend uh, and another colleague of theirs, uh, Sean is the best friend, TJ is their colleague, uh, started Bub's Naturals, which is a collagen and MCT oil company uh, in Bub's or Glenn's honor. And, um, you know, for me, it's it's uh, an absolute honor to be sponsored by and working with a company that 
um, you know, was started in the honor of one of my closest friends and, and a guy that I went to war with. And, uh, you know, the, the Bubs brand is not only super quality, um, you know, collagen, uh, collagen powder as well as MCT oil powder, um, you know, but they also give back to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. Uh, they donate proceeds from their product sales to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which, uh, you know, to me just furthers, uh, you know, the, the mission set on Veterans Day, they give 100% back. So uh, I do believe it's the best collagen on the planet. Uh, I like to mix it in with uh, morning coffee, the MCT oil powder, the same thing. Uh, it mixes in very easy. It tastes great. Uh, and it just kind of adds everything that you want to start your day off from a brain health standpoint, from a joint support, gut support, um, you know, MCT oil and collagen are, are two components, especially as, as we age, uh, that are integral components to, uh, to health. And so, uh, to be able to work with Bubs Naturals and, uh, be able to, to work with them and, and sponsor a product that, uh, number one is a high quality product. And number two is, is so near and dear to, uh, you know, to my heart and to the mic drop podcast for, for who it, uh, was started for and what it stands for. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, amazing place to be. So, um, it is whole 30 approved. Um, it's, uh, sports certified, so you're not uh, going to run into any problems with that. Um, and I will say that, um, you know, right now they're, they're offering, uh, 20%, <clears throat> 20% off if you go to bubsnaturals.com and, uh, use the mic drop code. So, uh, I really highly encourage you to, to try it out, incorporate it into your day, day to day for joint health, for brain health, uh, for cognition, for gut health. And, uh, and to support an amazing organization that does a lot of things uh, in Glenn Bub's honor. So uh, go to bubsnaturals.com. Mic drop is the code 20% off. How old are your kids now? So I've got a 22-year-old daughter. She's out of the house, and we have a grandson. And then we have an 8-year-old daughter. She's out of the house. And then in our house right now, we have a 13-year-old boy. who That was his first day of football today. Oh, wow. So cool. And then we have a 10-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old boy. And so... Um, the, the ages of the of your kids in this book. Uh, when I got them, Tristan, the youngest, was ten months old. Samantha, the middle, she was five, and Kayla, the oldest, was ten. Okay, and so those three are how old now? Twenty-two, eighteen, thirteen. Okay, so I'm, I'm curious: have they read uh, this in its entirety? So Samantha was in the house. Kayla was out when I was writing this. Samantha read a lot of the chapters and every chapter she read, she'd be in tears, which really? is good because yeah. she's like, I'm reliving it. I'm like, okay, stop reading. <laughs> uh, Tristan, he has not read it. Uh, he's been around the conversations. Kayla did not want to read it until I got the book and she just received the book because they just, just came out and I wanted to give her like a cool little thing. Yeah. So I don't think she's read it all the way yet. Yeah. So what, uh, what do you hope that they take from it? The main thing would be to realize how awesome they are and to take a story like this. Uh, and I mean, we all have a story like this, some way, shape or form. And just like whatever you get, like just you'll make it happen. You will work through it. Don't give up. Just keep going. But I mean, it's a piece of their childhood. Like it's and it's not a one that I'm extremely proud of, but I'm also I know that they got stronger because of it. Yeah. And I see Kayla with her son and her, uh, and her husband. I'm like, dude, she's she's rocking it. Like that makes me happy. She's yeah. kicking butts, and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, 
Will they all probably need therapy because of me? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, have, have there been any um, difficult situations from them, uh, either being part of the conversations or reading the book, like things where it was, that's not how I remember it, or, you know, what the fuck? I didn't know that this happened. Like, is there anything like that that uh, kind of came to light? So stuff with their mother um, at the beginning, I never... I believe that a lot of things are not for kids' ears, certain, especially adult stuff. And I really never talked about it. I never just kind of danced around because I I didn't want to put a shadow over their mother because that is their mother. But that came out right before or during, and, you know, we had conflicting words on certain things. But I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't lie about a lot of things in there, and it's obvious I didn't lie. Um, so they were hurt by a lot of those things and I was like, Hey, it's, it's just the, unfortunately, this is the truth. Like I'm not going to lie to you. And and there is no lie in there. Uh, from what I remember, that's exactly what happened with everything. Um, but, but it's more positive. It's more positive than negative, but there's, there's definitely, you can tell it struck a little bit. You can can see the hurt. Yeah. Rightfully so. Has their mom, have you spoken with their mom? I told her that a book was coming out that was being very transparent, mm-hmm. and I have not sent her a copy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure she's done her due diligence, uh, I would imagine. Uh, I actually just got a text that she wants to get on a call with my wife and I and talk about certain things for healing purposes, So, which is great. Like, So it's like, okay, cool. Like, That's awesome. Like, That's yeah. progress. You know, it's... Dude, swords away. And we, and we have a cordial relationship. There's not like, you know, we're not fighting or anything like that. You know, that's long and gone. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... Where, where it's is it? Memphis. Still in Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so from, from kind of the contents of the book, I've got, uh, you know, a few questions that I wanted to, to throw your way. Um, there's, there's one story in there about... Uh, Failure from the Marine Corps. If you, if you had made the last shot, you would have made it. Didn't see mm-hmm. so you did. What I'm curious of is that had you made that shot, right, and probably stayed in the Marine Corps, can can you even fathom where you where you would be, what your life would be like, and, and like, do you think about that? Yes, it was actually we talked about this on the last podcast. Was that it, the whole course of my life probably would have changed if I actually. Qualify to go to sniper school. Is, is it something that I guess that you still think of? Or that... No, I don't. I mean, obviously, writing it and you know talking about it on podcasts and certain like things. But but I look at it as the way I here's what I chalk it up to is I failed. Yeah. And I failed hard, and I got down on myself, and I thought like you know the oh my life is over right a, a temporary uh, situation um, that that's soon going to be gone. And learn that you just keep moving forward. The things that we expect or the things that we want all aren't always the best way for us. And I take that to, I went on to the teams. I loved my career. Very passionate about my career. Was super excited about it. Did a lot of wonderful things. Met a lot of great people. Uh, that wouldn't have happened. And, and I know we can say the other side, well, if you would have done this, you would have met other awesome. And, and of course, but that's just not what happened. Yeah. But no, I don't be like, man, what would it would have been like? No, I'm totally stoked that I missed. Yeah. Not at the time. Yeah. Oh my God, I would have ran my head through a wall. Yeah, man, it's a silver lining. Heck yeah. Uh, another thing that, uh, and I know, you know a lot of stuff uh, in, in, in some ways may be a rehash, but again, you know, a lot of stuff we talked about in the first, first podcast uh, are kind of woven in throughout the story. So while I don't want to 
repeat everything. I, I still think you know there's some highlights from from the book. That, I don't know. People kind of like the first one. We should yeah, just read yeah, that. So do it. <laughs> um, you know, in, in talking about you know taking human lives or or a human life and the impact that has uh, you know on on people. Um, there 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 are some specific uh, kills that you, that you mentioned. Um, is there a, a impact that you can speak to that that, that has had on you in, in terms of something that you think about or, or if it's changed you in any way? You know, I as as going through this, I, I think I even mentioned this in there, is it that the regrets that I had were the shots that I did not take. Mm-hmm. I don't regret killing those evil men. I don't regret regret it at all. Again, it would be. I wish I killed more. Is there one that stands out? Uh, you know, there, some? there, there's some where I was like the ones that I did not take. Oh, hundred percent. Well, both, I guess. The ones that the, the win are the ones that I did not take. Is where I don't know if we talked about this. Is uh, we were on target, and um, there's a dude standing there, and we might have talked about this, but this is the one. Is he was just with his pants, and it looked like he had somewhere on like a belt on, but I couldn't see because I was like it was light inside, dark outside, so I was kind of the only night vision, no night vision, night vision, no night vision, and I just see like these kids, two or three kids, pull around and like two chicks, two adult women, and he clacks himself off and blows up the building, and my dot was right on his head right before he did that, but he had no gun, I couldn't see, and that's that's a problem with politics and rules and. In a war zone, right? Yeah. Um, and we're there for a reason. We know you're bad. Uh, but if I would have taken that shot, you know, those kids and those women may still be alive. Now, they may be terrorists later on down the road, or they could be changing the world. We don't, we don't know this. Yeah. Uh, but there's also times where, and I think this happened once where I shot a dude and it just didn't seem right until I figured out exactly what he was up to. And I was like, never again. Like, just another layer of being calloused, uh, putting on. But all in all... Shots I did not take. I, I wish I would have done more. So for that, the first example, the one that you didn't take, I mean, I think the tricky part is is that, you know, and I, I do think that ultimately you made the right call and that, you know, if you default to taking the shot, the, the chance exists for sure that you're killing innocent people. Right. You know, and to me, no different than, uh, you know, in, in any other aspect of, of military or law enforcement or uh, you know, even big, big macro foreign policy. I think you, you unfortunately have to err on the side of of caution and not taking the shot in those cases, unless you can distinctly identify. Mm-hmm. You know, because then, because otherwise, you know, how many times does it take of, of making the mistake of killing the wrong person before? Right. Yeah. There's definitely that line for sure. sure. It's so, just like damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. You know? you know. So I mean, for sure, like that scenario sucks. But I still think if I if I put myself in that position. And even, you know, to, to do it more than once, I still wouldn't take the shot not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think it's important not to, because when you, I, I do think there's a fine line between being aggressive uh, tactics wise versus being, you know, careless and ruthless. And and, mm-hmm. and it is important to not go the way of, say, the Russians there in the 80s where you right. know, they just fucking slaughtered everybody. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. So, uh, but it is tough. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's easy or, or that that, Probably doesn't sting. I'm sure it does. Um, in in the other scenario, um, can you can you speak a little more to that? I guess the 
Uh, this is a, another one we might have briefly discussed. Was I took a shot at a guy who was reaching for an AK-47, and I just felt guilty about it. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have taken that shot, um, even though a, a weapon was you know present and about to be used on me. I just maybe I could have maneuvered differently. I, I don't know. It just it just didn't sit well. I really don't have a. It just did not sit well. Yeah. So I told our intel guys like, hey, if you find anything about this, like, please let me know. And this is also in the book. And he pulls me in, and the guy that I shot was doing ballistic tests on KBR freaking uh, contractors, truck drivers, on the side of the road, staking them down, put them on the stake, and stabbing them, shooting them in different parts of the body, and just like, instead of doing like a gel mold, right? They throw it on their body, like legs, arms, necks. And like, when I saw that, I really got a clear crystal clear definition of what evil is. Yeah. I was like, how could you do that to another human being? Yeah. And another level of uh, aggression, yeah. I guess you could say, came into my body. Yeah. And like, but, yeah, you know, I do remember talking about that. I, I guess, you know, from, from all of them, it, as years go by, do any of them stand out as, as still kind of impacting you from a, a day-to-day or, or on a routine basis where there are things that you think about? I mean, obviously, our, our boys passing is the one that sticks out more than anything. Uh, but them, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I, I have no guilt, feeling sad, nothing. I got to tell you, between uh, riding motorcycles, um, working out a fair bit, traveling on planes... I listen to a lot of music and other podcasts doing research for, uh, for this show. Um, and I just, uh, came on to Raycon wireless earbuds and I got to tell you, they are uh, a fraction of the price of some of the other big name brands, we'll call them. Uh, but they sound fantastic. Uh, they work great. Uh, the sound quality is amazing. Uh, and they stay in, uh, more importantly for me, like taking my helmet on and off or doing lots of different exercises, I always have a, a hell of a time. Uh, keeping the earbuds in, and and these stay in uh, phenomenally well. Uh, They've got eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of standby time, uh, and they're just a phenomenal product. I mean, they feel well-built. They charge fast. Uh, They're they're a fantastic product. I'm I'm real stoked to be working with them. Uh, And right now, if you go to uh, Raycon.com, that's R-A-Y-C-O-N.com, you can get 15% off if you use the code MICDROP. So that's Raycon.com slash MICDROP for 15% off. And again, they're already uh, considerably more affordable to uh, some of the other brands out there. So uh, I listen to them and and use them all the time. Fantastic quality. I can't recommend them enough. That's raycon.com forward slash mic drop for 15% off. Is there um, ever times where like from a dream standpoint or or anything, like do you ever have flashbacks or, uh, you know, PTSD type, symptoms uh, as it relates to your time over there? I used to have a lot, uh, a lot of, a lot of every dream. I'd have a reoccurring one. If there was a helicopter that was crashed and the ramp was open and we'd be fighting out of the back of the ramp, trying to get out or find cover, but the enemy was just too much. And there were some that you would just never die. You were just killing people left and right, left and right. Then there, then it would change to, all your buddies are dead and it's just you. And then it turned into weapon malfunctions. Then it turned into you have no more ammunition. And like right before you're about to lose it, you wake up. So, but it was always on the back of a helicopter and it was crashed. Have you done any like dream analysis type shit? So then like the sleep studies and stuff. I do, I mean, I've done the EMDR. I've done, I've been doing the brain spotting a lot 
recently, and that has been really awesome. So, um, like, what's that? Have you had dreams during that that are super? Uh, uh, yes. So one of the last ones, actually, we actually did a podcast on the Petty's podcast about this. Is like, I was. You need to fall on the spot. It's like a, a pointer. Like you're just falling and it's getting the left lobe and your right lobe to talk and to kind of like inter, to, to, to tap in. And this is, a new, this is a new thing for me. And so she's moving and she's like, what are you feeling? You know, she gets you on the topic. And I think the topic at the time was Louie because that was like my hardest like, thing. So we did a couple sessions on that and it got better. So it, like I couldn't smell it anymore. I can still see it. And it's just the, the feelings. I didn't forget it, but the feelings was not. The volume got turned down. So you can actually smell it. I can smell it. Really? I can't anymore. Wow. Which is fine with me. Can you uh, describe the, the smell? Uh, the dust, the, the, the sweats, the... You know how gear puts off that aroma? Yeah. <laughs> the funk. man stuff, the yeah. funk, there you yeah. go. That's uh, brick and mortar, uh, explosive residue, like all kind of intertwined into one. So while you're thinking of these things, you, you can smell it. I can't right now. Yeah, but you could. But yeah, I could. But I could. I mean, I remember seeing the a drop of sweat going down the back of Louie's neck. I could still see it, like the, the moonlight, you know, kind of glistening on the thing. I could still see all that, like all of it. Uh, but it got better as we went through. And the last one, we were on that, and for some reason, I like started thinking about Amanda. So I was, and she's like, "What are you thinking about?" Ah, you choked up. Um, I was like, "I'm thinking about my wife." Like I was just thinking about Louie. I'm overseas, and now I'm thinking about my wife. And she's like, okay, what are you, you know, what are you feeling? I was like, I'm just like, I'm so lucky to have her. Like, I just, I have something really good here. And in that moment, when I'm seeing my wife's face, I'm wide awake. I'm sitting on the couch, much like I am right now, staring at, like, she's maybe five feet in front of her. I'm just staring at the spot. It looks like a, like a nine millimeter round on that, at the end of a stick. And I had this flash, man. And I'm like, like stretched out. My body's black, like like scribble. Remember the Blair Witch Project? Yeah. The cover is like like a stick or whatever. Yeah. It was like all like scribbled. It was my, I knew it was me, but my body was like stretched out, and I was divided in half. I, I was together, but my background was divided in half. And this sounds so weird, I know. And and one side is blue skies, and there were three white clouds, and it was peace. It was so quiet. There was nothing. I was just stationary. Nothing was pulling me. Nothing was pushing me. Nothing. No, I mean, it was just like it was. It was calm. It was peace. On the other side, however, it was nothing but fire. My body was being tugged to the fire. There were reels playing in this picture. If you're looking at a picture, there was reels of like shot down helicopters, brass, blood, twisted metal, explosions. And a lot of demon faces. This is during brains. This I'm, I'm wide awake staring at this, and like, and, and this maybe all happened within the amount of like ten seconds. I see all this, and I just like sat too. And she's like, "Whoa!" She's like, "What did you just see?" I get chills, and and I explain it to her, and she's like, "She's like, okay, so we just tapped into something." I was like, "You think?" <laughs> so, and I mean, what we we talked about it's just like, I mean, like as you know about. My faith has changed. I've never been a follower until I was, you know, 32 years old, found Christ, and I've done a lot of life changes since then, all all good. Still struggle, still struggle, big-time struggles. Uh, but it, it it just seems like I'm being tugged to the dark side, as I would say it, and like, hey, you're, you're in a good, good, 
good place right now. I mean, you could you could dice that up any way you want, but that was like the craziest thing that I had happened. And I was like, what the what what the heck did you, I mean, dude, I was in the vision, like, and I, but I'm I was wide awake. It was freaking nuts, man. Uh, so that is, and I drew a picture. I should freaking should have bought it, but it's up. Um, I think I posted it. But I drew a picture. She's like, I need you to draw it. So I drew it and what I saw, and it's freaking nuts, man. That's fucking wild. It was, dude. I'm like, I I, I wouldn't even believe in it. I just saw it. Like I was like, holy crap. Is there uh, or how many about how many brain spotting sessions have you been through? Would you say? I'd say probably four or five right now. And, uh, I'd say four or five right now. And throughout that process, you've lost the, the ability to smell and and the dreams have decreased or even gone completely. So so the dreams have decreased throughout the years, and there's still those times where they pop up, right? Um, but when I tell the Louis story, when I initially before brain spotting, I would tell the Louis story. Um, I was there. I was smelling. I could feel the crunch of my boots on the rubble underneath it. I can hear the screams. I can I can see it all. I can see it all. Smell it all. Taste it all. Now I can't really. I don't have that smell. I don't have that taste. I can still see the picture, but even the picture is a little blurrier. If that makes sense. You describe the picture. Still, still the same buildings down, but there. I don't see the fine lines of the rocks. I don't see um, the vividness of it. Like before, it was like, dude, like I. I if I had one of those professional drawler dudes, whatever they're called, I could, I could draw it up perfectly. Yeah. Now, some of it's diminished. I don't forget the situation mm-hmm. whatsoever. But that's um, definitely, like I said, the volume's been turned down. Yeah. It's nice. Is there a, um, I guess, a, a process or like from a transition standpoint, a goal of where you're trying to get to with the brain spotting stuff? I guess the, it kind of goes back to the kid thing is like, Tapping into those feelings, like empathizing, you know, not the like, dude, suck it up. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, let me listen to you. And and some of those conversations, like internally, I'm bursting inside. I'm like, dude, get me out of here. Like, give me, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. You know that feeling right before you go down or a jump, right? Yeah. That feeling, it's, it's, it's almost overpowering. So learning to stay and talk about emotions, feelings, marital problems, kid issues, whatever it is, I have no problem with the workplace. I can, let's go. Like, we'll talk about it all day long. But for some reason, when there's, you know, female emotions and feelings and daughters and kids, you know, um, I've been trying to get better at that. So more understanding, a better, just emotionally be present for my family. And, and dude, it's been a struggle. I mean, that sounds probably weird to some people. It would sound weird to me back back in the day, uh, but that's that's the goal, man. Yeah. I just want to be like, I want to be that anchor that they come to if it's I need to jack somebody up or if it's like, hey, I just need someone to talk to. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Yeah, no, I, I think that should be uh, what every every father strives for. Right. You know? Has has writing the book and gone through it has that um, changed any of the dynamic or caused any issues between you and your existing life? What a great question. <laughs> I think so. I I lay it out in the book. When we talk about exes, we talk about all of it. Uh, who I was as a man, or lack thereof. And she knew all of this. So when I met Amanda a few years ago, she, I was still kind of, it was like the beginning processes of this. So she knew about it. 
and her reading it in she'll, she'll tell you um, it's not easy obviously like that's like it's not easy and, and I've been I've been very open with her I, I've not lied I'm like because I, I know what lying and having the skeletons can do uh, like I'm not doing that with this one so um, it, yeah but she'll, she'll tell you it's very hard it's been hard and we'll we'll talk about things like we'll do I'll do a certain podcast or hear something or somebody will ask me a question and you can see it affects her and we'll have to talk about her and that's where I'm talking about like I need to work on like I just want to be like dude it's a freaking book it was my past like let's get like what, what do you want me to do I can't do anything about it instead of okay what do you got I understand your point of view here's and just try to be there at that comfort level I have a hard time doing that transition. You and I can talk about something all day long. You can call me whatever you want. We'll still be buddies here in about five minutes. Yeah. It's not the same. <laughs> so, if you wake up with her back turned to you. And right, yeah. On the end of the bed. Yeah, it's like, okay, crap. I had a dream about it. Dang it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I can imagine that'd be tough. Um, is there a, a trait that you would contribute both uh, making it through training and uh, being successful at a tier one group is, is there, can you pinpoint one character trait uh, that, that you could identify as being the, the reason that you made it and continue to be successful while you're an operator? Wow. Uh, the thing that's coming to my mind now is just that being positive. Yeah. Being positive. If I go back to like certain training where it really sucked, what got us to a lot of bad things? Yeah. Humor. Being positive things, trying to see the best of it, thinking about like the goodness and not the bad, yeah. taking kicking out the worry and the negative. I would say probably that's my best thing. And I, and I do that. Is that what makes that mindset, right? It all comes out of that mindset. It's just been the there's a positive in everything, I believe that. As sick as it is to say, even in the death. And you might not see that positive, but there's one out there somewhere. Yeah. Or, or something that you can take away. So, something. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, in, in transitioning from from the military into uh, civilian life, obviously there are uh, you know a, a million challenges. Uh, is there one thing that stands out as being the toughest part uh, from going from being in the military to not being in the military? Uh, the poor work ethic. I think that the work ethic, and I'm not going to say the military is all that, but where we were. Our work ethic is different than the conventional. I mean, I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah, well, and so the, the biggest challenge is, is dealing with people that, like, you're basically ex- expectations not being met. Exactly, and I've heard that from, I don't know how many freaking people, like, you're here operating, and we're down here. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, so, like, pump it up, right? Like, <laughs> pump it up, like, you want to, I want to train, like, jiu-jitsu. I want to train with guys that are better than me. Striking. I want to train with guys that are better than me. Weightlifting. Whatever it is, I want to go to the, the resident expert and learn. Like I want to go up to their level, not come down. Yeah. Uh, so that's a challenge. I've heard that quite a bit. Of like, you know, we can't do this or whatever it is. And like, of course you can. You're human. Yeah. If I can do it, you can. I mean, there's no difference besides your mindset, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so how did you get over that? Bite my tongue a lot of times. Lower your uh, I had to lower my expectation on certain things that I want to get done, but at the same time, I took on more work. Yeah. So I work on, and I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I would offer you some uh, good ranchers beef, but uh, I actually ate it all. Uh, maybe next time, 
that you're in town, we can uh, break bread over that. It's a company that I just started working with. They sent me a box of, uh, of their beef with a number of different cuts. And I got to tell you, like I'm, I'm picky, uh, who doesn't love shoving a bunch of meat in their mouth. Uh, I know I sure do, but the quality of it is, uh, is remarkable. I was really, really impressed with, uh, the 21 day aging process that they do. Uh, you know, the, the flavor is impeccable. Uh, it's super tender meat. And for me, like it, it's really convenient to just have it shipped. Like I'll pop it out, uh, you know, let it thaw for an hour or two after a workout or whatever, and throw it in a, in an air fryer, uh, or on a, a top down grill and, and, you know, it's ready in a matter of minutes, but it's, uh, it's predictable and it's, it's always good. Uh, and I'm really blown away by the quality of it. Uh, you know, I've ordered meat from pretty much every purveyor out there. Uh, some, which is like, uh, you know, at the, at the top level of, of expense in terms of, uh, you know, what they consider quality. And, uh, I got to tell you, good ranchers is the go-to, uh, company for me now. So, uh, what I also love is that they, they're doing this program where um, they're actually giving back 100,000 meals to kids in need. Uh, you know, so they, they kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. And I, I think a company that gives back uh, you know, to society and, and to especially kids in, uh, in need that are hungry is, uh, is a pretty admirable quality. Um, I also love the fact that they're offering uh, $30 off and free shipping if you go to goodranchers.com and do uh, mic drop as the uh, the code, um, it's all all American beef. They don't source their beef from from anywhere outside the country. It's all local farms, so you're you're supporting local farms by getting it. Uh, and again, it's just uh, really really high quality beef. So uh, love the company, Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com uh, and use the code mic drop for thirty bucks off and free shipping. During that transition, what what was the catalyst that made you? kind of find your new calling or purpose uh, after transitioning now? Like, what, was there a, a light switch moment? Yeah, I guess the light switch would have been like for the contingent group piece, and I'm going through another moment where I'm switching again, is just that, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not a Navy SEAL, and you, you go out to the civilian world like, okay, like, do I just go hunt bad guys at Walmart, or what, like, what do I do? Uh, you got to find that thing, and then that's where the security came up. I did a uh, contracting job with a buddy, I was like, okay, I can see this. I can, I can see how I can expand this and bring guys in that are getting out, getting job opportunities, and you're still kind of staying in your in your realm. Because uh, I didn't want to sit at a desk, and I did not want to be employed by anyone. I just didn't. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, I could. So that's where that came from, and now I'm getting, especially with the book, and a little bit before the book, I've kind of like more moved to like the encouraging role. Uh, more of a like a speaking role and like kind of helping people tap into their inner potential because I think a lot of people out there have these their goals and their potentials don't match up. One, they have these good goals; they think they have good goals, but their potential can crush those goals that they think they have. Yeah, I agree. And, and I just I think that they need to learn what, exactly what they can do. And uh, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Okay, stop right there. Like, yeah. do your mindset, man. Like, you got to stop. Um, and there is a way to do that if you do A, B, and C, D, and F, and you know, and it just, there's a lot of stuff. But that's been like my, my calling now. So I'm kind of like trying that, that transition phase now where I'm getting guys to kind of fulfill the operations piece for contingent crew, which I still want to be a part of it, be a sounding board on it. And, um, but like I'm feeling that pull to go somewhere else and write more books, um, which we're starting. And yeah, just another life change, man. Yeah. It's like once you get to one mountain, like, okay, cool. Uh, what's the next mountain? Let's yeah. go.
Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's a couple things at play. I think as you get older, your priorities change. Right. Um, you know, the, the things that matter uh, differ. Um, some of the things that were, you know, kind of at the forefront. I think, you know, when, when you are a young parent or, or your kids are, you know, young, or just we'll just say from the time they're born until they leave the house, that 18 or so year period is, is pretty singularly focused. And, you know, if you're even, if you're doing it even remotely close to right, most of your decisions have to be centered around that first, you know, okay, mm-hmm. well, here's, here's what I'm dealing with. How, how does everything else kind of fit around that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, uh, so to me that like, there's a big shift. There's, there's before having kids, there's having kids when they're in the house and then there's after, and those are three very disparately different phases yeah. in my life. You know? And, and we, we briefly talked about this as like, I don't want to go on trips and do security in other countries. I want to find a job or something, not even a job. I don't even call my job a job because I love it, like a passion. Yeah. Uh, and do it when I can be with my kids and my family the most. Like always there, take, being at the sports games. Like, dude, I miss so much of that. Yeah. And, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, I miss so much of that. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, dude, yeah. dude, turn the page. I'm yeah. moving on. No, I agree. I mean, it's one of the things I uh, I feel just beyond fortunate to be able to even do this, you know, as, as part of what I do for a living. That you know, it's uh, near my house, and you know, it's it's in town. That and, baby. <laughs> you know, that, but that I mean, that's half of it is, is the convenience logistically. Like it, it fits really well into into my life right now, lifestyle wise. Uh, but it's also, you know, being able to, you know, sit down and, and ask a guy like you whatever the fuck I want for a couple of hours is, is a pretty unique and and uh, special opportunity. Yeah, it's like we're in the team room just chilling. Yeah, you know, that, that most people don't get, and, uh, and I'm not naive to that. I mean, I, I'm very thankful and feel very fortunate uh, to be able to to be able to do this. But you know, ten years ago, this this wasn't in the wheelhouse and right. and wouldn't have made sense then. Anyway. Right. Yep. right now and, and 10 years from now I don't know that it will either you know but um, so I, I think it's important to always kind of reevaluate do you find kind of from the what's next standpoint you mentioned uh, the books but what, what's kind of the next next thing that uh, that kind of floats your boat or that you see yourself doing uh, in the next 5-10 years I'd say probably speaking or encouraging whatever that looks like I wouldn't say just getting up on a podium and talking but engaging with 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 uh, other people, businesses, men, and leading, and probably more of a, on a from my faith position, uh, because I have a real, I have a being a Christian, which which I which I, I freaking love, and, and so many people right now are formulating these uh, opinions of what that looks like, and I did the same thing, but I've learned like going to church and talking to people, like it's very, and and this is. It's very one way, like, hey, we need to love each other. We need to treat each other with respect. Let's hug it out. Uh, In the bathroom. Conflict conflict is bad. All that stuff. And, like, and I agree with all those things, but I think there's a huge piece that we're missing is we're also a warrior. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to be meek and mild when it comes to our family, to working with our coworkers, to whatever it is, our spouse, right? But there's also a time where evil is taking place and we need to stand up and fight for, the, for that. Right. And I think us here in this country and probably around the world, we're missing that. We're very passive. Yeah. I mean, we're extremely passive. Like, oh, ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And if we can see what's happening in our world, when you shut your mouth and you don't stand up for what's 
whatever you think morally and ethically is right, you're going to get trampled. Yeah. And right now, the loudest voice in the room is destroying. Yeah. And, uh, dude, like, we need people that are, you know, on the righteous side doing the right thing and standing up for that. So that's kind of more as, like, trying to interject that warrior piece into, like, hey, man, just because you're faith, it doesn't mean you've got to be bowed down and be a little little child. That's not what it's like. If you yeah. can be a leader, you can be a warrior. I think the... I think where the we'll call it the religious right, which you know, forgive my uh, I don't know if you want to call it a technical term or, or label, but I, I think I'm we're offended at this point right yeah, now. <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, I, I think where where a lot of we'll just say American Christians have I think have gone wrong is is the defaulting to the term the other cheek mentality like subject to interpretation absolutely yeah you know i mean like for, i agree and for sure there there are times where that's necessary and that's the right answer but like you said there's also times where that's not the right answer and doing the exact opposite of that is, is the right answer yeah that's saying we go out and provoke fights but i am saying that we stand up for our family when it's that yeah. time yeah. instead of cowering down because you will be bullied yeah. and you'll be bullied and if i mean we, we i mean we could see it all i mean pretty much every one of your Chapters in your book? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, they're all classic examples of that. I mean, so from your standpoint, um, in, in trying to inject and infuse and, and perpetuate that message, what is your strategy for, for dealing with kind of this almost uh, just so far out of left field uh, mentality and, and kind of social or, or culture war that seems to be going on? I guess it's just that that mind. I mean, it really comes back to the mindset. If I had to put it to what they like, what are you putting out? It's like, hey, your 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 mindset, the unafraid mindset, is what I call it. Is just that there are so many things that we are capable and we can do, and if we do certain things, we'll mitigate X, Y, and Z from happening. And I think a lot of that is not taking place. And a couple examples, and this sounds so like duh, but but we're not doing it is exercising and eating right. If you do just those two things, your life will be better, which means the people around you's life is going to be better, which means those people and the people that are around them is going to be better. It's like the, the compound effect. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with that. It's the same thing. I'm not saying it's all diet, it's not all exercise. No, it's like, what books are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? Are you getting enough sleep? Like, he's taking care of those things. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's something I hit, I hit on in the book pretty hard. It's you a, did. Which I, was, I guess I tried yeah. to which is fueling your body properly, exercising, and getting outside. Yep. Just those three things by themselves. Uh, it makes you happier. Yeah. yeah you know, scientifically yeah. and whatever you want to be a net positive impact on your life. 100%. You know, no, no two ways about it. But I think where, where I think the, the struggle is, is, is that, you know, when I ask about kind of the, the strategy is, is saying, like strategically, that like how how are you getting that point or message across? Because I think, you know, like the, the book that I wrote and, and, and this book and, and speaking and whatever for sure is a good first step in the right direction. But there's there's such an inundation between TikTok and Snapchat and mm -hmm. uh, and, and so many you know whether it's Instagram, just different social media platforms and mainstream media, and, and for that matter, even public school system throughout the entire nation. Mm -hmm. Where it, it's just so swimming upstream feeling uh, as far as getting that message across, you know. So I, I guess I would ask tactically, like, how, how do you plan for combating that? 
so that's the process kind of like we're in right now is that freaking switch over like okay what's working what's not working obviously hitting everything that you just said um a lot of word of mouth is to to get out there and this like this book is going to be a huge gateway into that i believe uh but but it kind of goes back to what we also discussed is like like okay challenge okay that's fine but it's a challenge because we're going in such a bad direction, in my opinion, that we gotta, we have got to stand up and we've got to fight that good fight. Like period is as crappy as it is. And it's going to be yeah. like, we just have no other option. Yeah. Like, cause I'm thinking about not only our lifetime, our kids, but our grandkids. I mean, we like, we just, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It is the right thing to do. How that is going to be accomplished in the, the battle plan. If you, if you want to call it that, that's kind of up in the air and testing the waters and seeing what happens and what's going like that. But I, it'll, it'll take shape. It'll, I'm, I'm confident. What, uh, what scares you the most? Making my wife mad. <laughs> 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 um, probably feelings, man. Really? Yeah. Like um, going through some of that stuff in your hand. Yeah, that was a dude. There's a this is a this is a butt kicker, man, for me. It really was, dude. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna be this 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 tough. It was really tough. Yeah, like extremely. Um, I was. I mean, you know how you do a crazy workout, right? And you're like your CNS shuts down and you're just drained. Yeah, I was like that pretty much the whole time. Yeah. I was just my workout suffered. I would eat, you know, whatever I could. Like what I just said about food, I was totally yeah, I was a hypocrite. Yeah, uh, it was just dude. It was it was very rough, man. Um, yeah, just that, that whole feeling piece. And I, I like to not feel like it overseas. You don't feel, yeah. they feel crap. Like don't die. Keep your buddies alive. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah, it's pretty strict. People are cooking for you. Yeah. You got to walk through along your food. You got yeah. gyms. You can do whatever you want. You can sleep whatever you want. As long as you're not opting. Here, it's, it's, not, it's not the same. So just like, I'd say the feeling piece, man. It's like, it's been a freaking, and that sounds probably weird, but it's been a struggle, man. It's been a very hard struggle for me. Is there something, I guess, culturally or societally that scares you the most? <sighs> uh, the fact that we coddle and cower down to such a very small percentage of a certain sect or whatever someone believes is mind-boggling to me. It's how we will change a whole system to curtail everything to this small percentage. I have a hard time with that. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I get it. Freedom's liberty. I, I, okay, I get it. But I don't get it. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think what we're, we're not seeing is we are tainting and we are going to get ourselves in such a freaking blue on blue situation yeah. that we're, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. I mean, that's, that's what I say. I ask you that kind of almost, not in jest, but in, uh, you know, the, the unafraid being the title of the book and the unafraid mindset, you know, asking what, what, you, what are you scared of? But I do think it's it's important um, because I think, you know, the unafraid mindset, I, I'd love to get your kind of characterization of, of what that means to you. But to me, it's it's kind of similar to courage. And, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of fear and, and overcoming, you know, that, that fear. Yep. You know? um, so I'm curious, you know, kind of what, if you could characterize both unafraid as as the, the term that, that you kind of have turned into a brand as well as, as the book itself. 
So unafraid, that is my word, obviously. I, I love that word. There's just something about that word. I don't know what it is, but it is sexy sex to me. So it's like anything. Does that mean, Eddie, you're never afraid? No, that's not what it means. But it means that when I am fearful of something, I will meet it head on, and I will tackle it, and I will not cower down. So it goes to anything. I mean, it, this is so, so wide. Uh, it could be someone trying that wants to go get a new job, but they're afraid because they might get turned down, or they're afraid of failure, like the big, the, the F word. Uh, and it's like, don't, dude, don't be afraid. Like, go, go try it. Like, try it out. If you, if you don't take the shot, you never know if you're going to make it or miss it. Like, you just don't know. Uh, working on relationships, like, that's a big one for me. Like, I was afraid for a little bit to work on my relationship. Uh, with my children and my spouse and allow myself to be vulnerable and be like, okay, I need to like actually look in the mirror, like Eddie, we got to fix some things and you need to, you know, there's some things you need to do and you got to give it some work. And I was scared to go see a therapist. I was scared to go talk to somebody about certain things. I was scared to go do brain spotting, but then I'm like, wait a second, you know, after I think about it, I'm like, wait a second, no, 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 we're going to switch this a little, switch this around. Like, I'm excited to go do this because it's going to make me better. I'm going to have a better mindset. I'm going to affect my kids in a positive way. I'm going to affect my spouse in a positive way. Uh, working out, right? There are people that are afraid to go to a public gym because of the way they look. Why do you go to the gym in the first place? To get in shape. It's not like I'm going to get in shape first and then go to the gym. That, that just doesn't make sense. Like anybody that does that, has the courage, right? Or is unafraid to go in. That's awesome, man. Like rock on. It doesn't matter. Everyone's afraid of what the other person's going to say. We can see that with social media. Hey, newsflash. Everyone's going to have a problem with everything you do sometime, somewhere. It's just going to happen. Like people don't like you because you're bald. Yeah, I, that's news to me. I thought, I thought it was sexy. No, I, I just saw the cut. No, people don't like me because I'm wearing red shoes. Like that. Those red shoes are stupid. Or, or whatever. Like someone's always got something negative to say. And the negative right now is beating the positive, and the positive has got to, to crush it. Yeah. There's, a, there's a study, I think it was in The Power of Habit, is for every one positive, I'm sorry, for every 10 negatives. Okay, I'm totally messed up on this one. It takes 10 positives to take away one negative. So if you tell your child, dude, you're, you're seriously messing this up right now. Like, you're you, look like, you need 10 positives to make up that one negative. Oh, it's the, yeah, it's the Bob the Bridge Builder story. Yes. Yeah, I got it. I know. So now you're I'm not yeah. going to tell Yeah, it. I know it is. I, I tried. I used that in my therapy session. Yeah. Oh, no shit. I did. I did. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, take a time out and say this real quick. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Like, and if you look at social media, it is negative after negative after yeah. negative after negative. And we're doing it to ourselves and you, we, we sound like idiots. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I've been guilty of it too. I'm yeah. not going to say I'm not. Yeah. I mean, people fo focus on the one negative thing. Yeah. Exactly. Gloss over all the positive stuff. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Monica Lewinsky did a lot of good stuff in, right. in her career. Exactly. You know, but, we, but there's only one thing we know about. There's one, one thing, you know, about. that bridge thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of unafraid, you know, that, that's a, a big, it's kind of the benchmark principle, um, you know, in, in your life and, um, you know, the, obviously the title of the book and, and a, a big branding thing. But from a, being a father standpoint, um, you know, that, that's something that you've taken on uh, personally. How do you um, instill the unafraid mindset into your children? <sighs> Through consistency. Just beat it into them. Yeah, I would I would like to say do that, but that's just not how we're, that's how I'm programmed. That's how we are programmed. I just worked there. Uh no, but like it it would just be you know having those conversations 
I'll be like, hey, what, why, what is unafraid? Like, I'll, I'll have that conversation with them. Like, my daughter will come down. She's wearing an unafraid shirt. But I'm like, yes. And while she's doing that, she's holding me accountable. Yeah. She's like, hey, by the way, we're unafraid. And I'm like, that's right. And I'll just talk to myself, have that little self-talk. I'm like, that's right. I'm living my day. I'm afraid. I'm living by what I, I'm practicing what I preach. You feel that they, they have soaked that up very well? They are. You can definitely tell a difference. Like, I'm hearing the word mindset thrown around more. Yeah. I'm hearing around, like, hey, I helped out this person. Like, I'm hearing more of that. It wasn't an overnight thing, unfortunately. It is a slow progression, but they're starting to kind of understand. It's like those, those teachable moments, those on-the-spot teachable moments. Like, hey, like, leaders eat last. Like, ladies, go first. Okay, go and get your food. Make sure you like, like, say please, thank you. Open the door. Like, we have the open the door for people class all the time. No matter where we go, we're always having that class. And now they're starting to get, hey, thank you, young man. And they're like, they just, you can see the smile. Like, oh my God, they said, thank you. So now we're getting to the point where like, okay, I want you to just like pick two people and say, hi, how are you? Hope you have a nice day. And just see what that happens. See what happens. Just watch, you make their day. It's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, So for somebody who doesn't know you from anybody and you're trying to describe this book to them, how would you characterize it? It is a book for everyone. It is a book for everyone. It is not a Navy SEAL book. It is not a single parent book. It is a... It is a book for everyone and where it really hits home. It is a story for sure, uh, but it really hits home when the hot washes at the end of each chapter. They're life lessons for anyone from kids in high school to six-year-olds, 60 and above. I mean, I've had guys that are in their 70s reach out like, hey, this was this was freaking phenomenal. This is awesome. Like just the feedback from this, like I'm not even in the military, but this was insane. Like I can, like it changed my life. Like hearing those words. Yeah. I'm like, man, that is that is awesome. And that's really what it's about. Is that, and I also think it will help out veterans transitioning that are struggling. Like, I mean, I was there. I'm sure a lot of people with arms themselves were, were there as well. Um, there's just so many genres that we can like be addressing on this one from faith-based to single parents to military people to the SEALs, to the spec ops community, to police officers, to school teachers, to someone that is a nurse. It affects them all. There's there's great lessons in there, I believe. A lot of failures, a lot of failures, uh, but there's also a lot of redemption. Can you pinpoint one, two, or three things that you want want anybody reading it to take from it? Uh, once you realize, I'd say probably the the big thing was like we're human and we are freaking awesome. Like we are freaking awesome. And don't get discouraged if you coming up with an obstacle or a goal, like just like as we mentioned earlier, it's like step one, like just just focus on that first step. And then before you know, it, you got a snowball effect and step two, three and four are all, all behind you. And you're working on the next step. And then your family. God, minus God, family's number one, family's number one, like don't ever sacrifice a career, a job. Or something that's not going to matter eventually for your family. Yeah. We'll never do that. And this is you guys on the cover. It is. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, they did that. I was like, dude, that's like another cry session. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really, uh, it's, it's a powerful and, and well done. And yeah, they did a really good job. It was the uh, same guys as New Year's. Yeah. Well, how, how well you can see that. Uh, somebody can see it. Um, for, you know, one, you, you talk about you know, people taking things from it, you know, people that are struggling. One of the things that I find that, that continues to, to really humble me that way is, is getting messages like that. Like, 
you know, hey, I was in a really bad spot and, and I watched this episode with so-and-so and, you know, completely changed my life. I was going to kill myself, you know, and I had a plan. And I was going to do it. And I listened to this show and, and I didn't, and I, you know, I lost fucking 76 pounds and, you know, I'm still married and, you know, it's just like. What does that do to you internally? I mean, it, it, like, I can't even describe it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how to take it. You know, like, like it seems, uh, it's like this can't be a message to me. Like, this has got to be to somebody else. You know, so it, it's really, it's, it's just hard to to wrap my mind around uh, what to me is, I'm not going to say any of these conversations are casual, but, you know, it, it's not in my thought process to try to uh, construct an episode or a, an interview that's going to have that type of impact. On right, right. That's not my intended right. consequence, you know, and so when, when that is uh, a consequence of, of a show or an interview, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's hard, it's hard, I can't, I really can't describe it, you know, I mean, it's incredibly powerful, it's emotional, um, and, and it never seems, um, like, like, I'll, I'll never get used to it, you know, like, it, it'll always kind of take my, my breath away a little bit and, and catch me completely off guard, because I'm just not expecting it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's also something that I, I feel like it's, it's very rewarding, it's validating, and, and it makes, uh, you know, me feel like what, what we do here is, is special and important too, you know, because it, it, it does change some people's lives. And, and to me, that's, um, that's, that's a pretty amazing feeling. To, yeah. I think a lot of that is because you, you keep it real and you're very transparent with your, uh, your guests and you especially, and people, there's, there's not a lot of that in this world, which is very sad. There's yeah. this, uh, you know, the, this Photoshop world. No, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, what's it's cool is like, you know, you're getting these messages and tell them about all these life changes and like, hey, you helped me out so much. But what's so crazy about that is that that right there is like fuel for you. Oh, yeah. Like that is like a, like, oh my God, like a little pat on the back. And, and not to be like, oh, look at me. Like, I'm not saying that at all, but it feels good. It makes you keep ticking because there are all those days. No, for you're sure. like, is this, is this doing anything? Is this a waste? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about, uh, on a number of episodes, I know you know you and I have even talked about it. But the you know the 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 all all important question of what's the meaning of life, you know, and to me it's it's pretty simple. At length talked about it, but it's purpose, you know. And, and to me, like no matter how much money you have, or success, or fame, or, or lack thereof, like either way, if there's not any purpose behind it, then it doesn't matter, you know. On transverse, like there's people with almost nothing, but that, you know, are, are some of the happiest, most pleasant people I've ever met because what they do, they really love and it's important and, and they feel purposeful in doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so to me, like, that's the biggest thing that I get from that is, is it, it makes uh, a purposeful feeling uh, kind of exude through these uh, interviews and, and it makes me feel that, you know, in going into to each one of them is that there might be somebody listening that this strikes a chord with them and, and changes their life for the better and, and maybe has an impact on them that, uh, that's going to be a positive one. So that's power. That's, that's worth more than any amount of money. Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel very reward. It's very rewarding. And, and, uh, and like I said, just the biggest thing is purposeful. Like I mean, nobody wants to do things that feel like it doesn't matter. Right. On the transverse, like if you are doing something that feels like it matters, there's no, no uh, better feeling in the world. But that's that's what our a lot of people in this country are doing. They're just floating through life, not happy with their job. They're like, "What is the purpose?" And that is the truth. That is true. Like, so it's like, okay, be unafraid. 
and make that change. Yeah. Well, but Eddie, I need money. Okay, cool. Well, doesn't mean you need a quick job right away. Like, start getting things rolling. Like, that that's the journey. That's the fun. You know? and, and you should always be striving. For of course. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, what would be advice that you would give um, for somebody that's struggling right now? One, don't give up. Two, um, like seek help, like just even if it's a buddy that you can talk to and like you got to open up. No one knows. No one has ESP. They can't read your soul, see what's going on. You just need to like you need to confide in someone and the right person and open up and just like it is a temporary problem. Don't give it a permanent solution. Like just don't do it because uh, I mean, I can empathize with that. Just keep going and like you just got to. You gotta, you gotta be proactive. And you've gotta take a step, right? That one step to just like turn it around. Like if you're in a rut, like fix it. It's not gonna help by itself. Like you just sit right here on this couch. Yeah. You gotta get up and do something or pick up the phone. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned make sure it's the right person. Uh, so are you are you saying don't go to Spearmint Rhino and open up to uh, Mercedes? I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> it might be, although it might be at the moment. <laughs> now your bank account is going through psychologist too. Uh, so what, what is next for you in the in the front side focus short term? Next, the biggest one now is we're going to which we've we've kind of started already is we're doing a mindset book, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a a short lot of chapters but very small yeah. like just like key traits and things I need to concentrate on, and then we also are we're in the process which we're pretty more, more far along as a book on killing. Really? So we're yeah. Is it? Uh, at all going to be in anywhere structured or, or similar to uh, uh, On Killing by... Uh, so so we, we read On Killing and it's a very good book, but what we noticed was there's not a lot of... Grossman. Grossman. Yeah, Grossman. Very good book. Not a lot of feedback on people that actually did the killing. Yeah. It's a lot of theory, a lot of like in the Civil War, which is great. I'm not going to rip on this book, which is a great book. If you haven't read it, you should. But we're gonna we're trying to get uh, and we've we've got a lot of interviews of guys that actually have and kind of the feelings that go along with that plus their story. But we're trying to bring in um, gangs, gang members. Really? We're crazy. trying to get some mafia type. We're trying to get all different spectrums of killing and how they change. But at the end of it is like, okay, did you find Christ? Yes or no? And what does that look like? Yeah. Not that there's a, there's not a right answer, but just like how how do you deal with what you're dealing with, or are you dealing, or are you dealing with it, or are you just a miserable person? That's gonna be fucking cool. Man. So that's that's like a that's a really that is a, a lot of studies been going into that one. Like it's been we've been we've got a lot of interviews from people, yeah. uh, and we've got our kind of our template of how it's gonna look, but it's gonna be like kind of each chapter is a person, and it kind of goes through everything, and then it's the next person. That'd be awesome. I tell you, when that gets uh, closer to being done, uh, I'd love to have you back on and talk about that. And, and I think it'd be cool if you, if it's possible, to pick one or two people from that that you interviewed uh, to come do the interview with. Like, would be, be cool. we'll make it happen. Yeah, awesome. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah, that's good shit. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, uh, book wise, or or politics, or uh, politics, buddy? Gosh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, such a is that what we call it now? Politics? They call it circus. I know, uh, dude. I, I just, I, I'll tell you, well, I, I do want it. Like your book was seriously good. Oh, thank you. Like it was freaking really good. Like 
really good. I was like, holy crap, I can't write this down. No, I appreciate it. it was super good because I was like, I've got to read because I knew we had the schedules. Like, I've got to read the book before we get there because I want to talk thick. But it was good. Like, you hit the the topics you hit were awesome, and it doesn't matter what you're. One thing that I took away from that, that which I believe in as well. It's like, it doesn't matter your freaking view. Like, you can have your own view. You can have your own opinions. It's like, can we talk about it? Yeah. We have to, I mean, do we need to freaking butt heads and go be, act like little toddlers? Yeah. And I think you kind of put it out there. I mean, you gave your opinion, which I agreed with a lot of them. And there's some, you know, I just didn't. And that's, that's, that's okay. Is that we find that we see in society is that if someone has a different viewpoint, they're all of a sudden the bad guy. Yeah. And that's not the case, man. Yeah, There's not one person I agree with 100. I'm, I'm a Trump lover. I didn't agree with everything he said, yeah. not at all. But like, like you, you, you can't freaking like just be like, okay, that guy's the devil because he doesn't like your border security. Like, yeah. really, my oh, man. Yeah, I, I think you know the there, there's a, a strange strat, not even a, a strange <laughs> strategy. I mean, I guess from a from a strategic standpoint, it's actually not brilliant. It's just evil in the. There's this, I think, strategy with uh, taking any divisive topic and, and making it to where it's so polarizing, right? To where it, people just kind of default to, you know, they get emotionally charged. And now all of a sudden, like, if you feel this certain way, like, I'm going to dehumanize that person mm-hmm. because they, they think differently than me. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy, you know. Um, and, and it's like that with, with most things, you know. I think where it's where it's tricky is that you take something like, say, abortion as an example, is that you know on both sides of the fence, uh, understandably so, people are really fucking passionate about that, I mean, to, to the point where they're violent on it, which you know, on, doesn't make sense on, on both sides. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I and I think that's that's kind of the the pinnacle issue. I I think that, that you see, or or maybe the most consummate example of of that type of divisive mindset where it's, you know, Crips versus Bloods mentality right. on things where it gets so heated and so emotionally charged and, and there's religion and politics and emotion I and mean, all of these things kind of swirling around together. Nothing's going to get done. Yeah, to where it makes it impossible to have a conversation with anybody about it. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, when, when you start putting labels on people and, and, uh, and you know, taking violent action because you believe so strongly in something, then... Uh, it makes it really difficult to, to go anywhere with that, you know. But. It's it's so funny. Somebody will tweet something, will say something, or or whatever it is, whatever it is, and all of a sudden that whole that person's whole life is judged based off of that. Yeah, you're an idiot yeah. if that's what you're like. How in the hell can you do that? I'm not saying like that doesn't mean like you can't disagree or whatever, but that 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 is so hypocritical because I want you. That's like. Go look in the mirror and please tell me how perfect you are. Yeah. Well, and, yeah there, there, <laughs> You're there, not. Yeah, there, there's such a, uh, a level of definitiveness with uh, every, every issue. It's like, you know, pick anything. It's like, oh, if you believe that, then fuck you and everything that you're about. Like, it, it's like you throw the baby out of the bathroom. I think that's the maturity thing right there. Yeah. It's like, dude, are you serious? That's what we're yeah. That's what we're right yeah, now. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. It's but, uh, is, is there any future for you desire? Uh, for you in the future to, to run for any type of office or anything like that? Uh, if it, if, if God lays it on my heart and that's what it's supposed to be, then that's what it's supposed to be. But no, <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I mean, what, would, what, what would that look like? 
if, if God was to, to lay that on your heart. If, so it, if, you know, a lot of like what we would call coincidences when I believe in like people just reaching out or a certain thing, like that seems like the stars align, like, hey, we should like, maybe do this or this is a great opportunity. It feels right with my family. Then that, then that's, that's what I would say that it, it's just like too easy. Like, but this is just, this is just weird how this is working out. Yeah. That's what I would say. But if it's just like, oh, I want to get into that, that's not what I'm talking about. Not what I want. It's not what I want. Yeah. I don't you know. What is your take on uh, like combat veterans or just veterans in general, uh, you know, running for office and, and infusing that kind of perspective into our government? Uh, you know, there's some people who think, you know, every, every fucking politician should have some sort of military service. There's some that don't want any of us in there. There's some that want, you know, a certain percentage. What What is your take on on what you think makes sense for a breakdown. Of- yeah, I think if it's laid upon them and they're kind of, I think a lot of it, especially with all the, our brothers that are running or ran, uh, is they're tired of the crap. Yeah. To, to me, the, the, well, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, just, just they're tired of the crap. They want to make a difference. Like that's like, and I, and I don't know what's going on with them internally. Like, Hey, what, like what, what, what made them do this? Like what made them say, yes, this is what I want to do. I, I everyone's got their own different story. But I think I think it's awesome, man. Like um, I still think it's a way of serving, but at the same time, I'm I, I'm f- I'm about to say fearful, fearful that people can get corrupted. Yeah. And you know, you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. You, you know the deal. Uh, but I mean, but at the same time, there's there's there, there are, in my opinion, there are a there is a percentage. It's not a very good one of good people that actually have the people of the country. That's first. Yeah. I do believe that. Uh, Again, not a lot, but uh, if they want to do that, that's what they're being led to do. Then freaking rock on, and I will also pour it as best I can. Like, in doesn't mean I agree with all their view. No, like, dude, I don't agree with I don't agree with my wife yeah. and a lot of stuff or my kids. Why would I agree with this this person? I really don't. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, like, <laughs> doesn't mean that they're evil. It doesn't mean they're evil. Yeah, but it also could mean that they're evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't, doesn't ensure that they're evil. exactly exactly. Uh, does that yeah, doesn't rule it out either. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Um, anything else you want to uh, talk about or bring up? No, man, I do want to do one thing in your book that I loved was you talk about equal opportunity. And you, you the way you put it, and I remember because it was uh, italicized, is equal opportunity means that it's equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Yeah. I read that, and I'm like, dude, that is so spot on because that's exactly what happened. We're not hiring you or you don't get this. Because you're not this, like that's that's not equal opportunity. No, I know. I mean, I mean, the irony with that is that it, it, it is an example of the very thing you're trying to prevent. You know, right? And, and so it's just like it's that dance. It's yeah, just blue It's just, it's, just, it's, just it's an direction to where now you're doing the exact same thing, just yep. you know, to a different group of people. It's, it's fucking silly. It is stupid. No, I'm glad you voiced your opinions and you threw it out there. That's like that stuff that we need to talk about. Yeah, that's the book right there. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, it was good. That was really I appreciate good. it. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, it's a great book. I encourage everybody to uh, to go out and check it out if you haven't already. Uh, get you another copy and send it to somebody that you care about. There you go. Uh, unafraid. Um, uh, you know, you can tell how much passion and, and emotion is in it. Uh, you know, when going through it, and uh, you know, it, it's neat to hear you kind of verbalize that process, and you, you can see the emotion even as you're talking about it. So I know there, there's a lot of uh, powerful stories and anecdotes in there that 
uh, that are very valuable for uh, for people to read. So thank you for putting that out. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I appreciate you. you taking the time. So uh, for those of you listening, um, I appreciate you guys. I know I say this uh, pretty much every episode, but um, you know, just like we were kind of talking uh, about and alluding to earlier, um, you know, it, it is a, an absolute honor. I mean, when I say that at the start of every podcast, I don't do that just out of monotony or, or routine or, um, you know, just because it, it sounds uh, appropriate. I, I say that because it's accurate. Uh, and, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart when I say it's a, both an honor and a pleasure. It is both. Uh, it is a, an absolute honor to be able to sit here and interview guys like Eddie and, and every guest I've had on. And it's truly a pleasure to be able to do this for a living. And I don't take that for granted, uh, nor am I naive to the fact that, uh, that most people don't get that opportunity. So uh, I do appreciate your guys' summary and support show after show. Uh, and if you don't uh, like what I have to say, then feel free to choke yourself. As, uh, as always. But, uh, thank you for joining. I will see you next week. And until next time, this is Mike God. Before Sarah discovered Chumbacasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah. And wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over 100 casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast. With first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained. Covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.